All right, hello everyone. Welcome into the Geek Garage podcast, the most inclusive and accessible nerd culture audio program on the interwebs. I'm your host, David, and join with me as always is my lovely wife, Lindsay. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah? Yeah. Did you have a good day? Yeah. It's nice. Kind of low-key, yeah. right? Got to have some lunch with uh, the family and, uh, well, you you had the, the privilege of mowing the lawn in like a thousand degree heat, so that must have been fun, right? Uh, just the back, and our yard's not that big. Yeah. The annoying part was moving all of the stuff, <laughs> like all the kids' toys out of the yard. I kept waiting, thinking that somebody would come out and help, but... No. They didn't. So. Hey, someone's cool. someone's got to play uh, Mario Kart with our son. This is true. Apparently, he can't play by himself. Well, he can. He just, you know, we just got a second controller uh, that works. So now he's cashing in on the ability to play multiplayer. So, uh, yeah, that's been fun. Um, but, yeah, so... Enough of uh, that shit. So today we are, uh, as promised, if you listened to our episode last week, we kind of teased this episode um, that uh, we are doing our, uh, continuing with our Marvelous Adventure and uh, doing the next two movies in the timeline, sort of. Uh, There's a big old asterisk in there. (laughs) it's it's supposed to be something else and maybe like ant-man and civil war i think but i accidentally skipped over uh guardians of the galaxy volume two um if you listened to our previous episode uh you uh, you heard this but in case you didn't um uh yeah we uh, we did that episode back when zach was still uh, my co-host and it should have been Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and Volume 2 back-to-back. And I, I didn't realize that in the timeline order, they, they came one after another. Turns out they do. Um, and <laughs> I, I messed that up. So, um, so yeah, we are, we're kind of backpedaling just a tiny bit. And we're doing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and then... Civil War, and then we should be back on track, uh, provided that I don't, again, fuck up the <laughs> the timeline order, so. I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. I'm here to help you now, so. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we definitely have two amazing MCU films to talk about today. And eh. <laughs> One the, more amazing than the other, I will say. Sure. I mean, on to... I guess if we're talking scale, you know, that you know, as a scale that involves the most amount of characters, it does lean heavily towards one film over another. But um, you know, we do run into a character in the former film where uh, the the uh, one of the characters uh, turns out to be a giant planet, so. Yeah, well, there is that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, we're we're gonna be tackling those two. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get into um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two uh, right now. <laughs> um, we we don't have any Facebook polls or anything to to go over. I did post something kind of funny earlier today. I 
it was just a random thought that I had. I, I put up a poll asking, uh, when people listen to earbuds, do they keep one or both in or, uh, <laughs> I think another option was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> And then I let people fill in like their own answers if they wanted. A lot of people said that they do right ear only, which is what I do. Actually, um, that was the majority of the votes. And then there was like one or two for like left ear. And then someone put like, I don't use earbuds. And I'm like, that's, that's fair because like, I don't know. People have funky ears and like, I know you for the longest time had big issues with earbuds, right? Yeah, I have, like, really small. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to find a really good fit. Yeah. And ones that will actually stay in. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people, e- even if the the earbud package comes with multiple different sizes, like, even then, like, it's still... It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, the ones that you currently use, it's like... I can get them to fit in my ear, but they're just a little bit too heavy. Mm-hmm. And then they like, they, because the things are almost a little bit too big, they fall out. Yeah. But it seems like you, uh, you and a lot of other people have found, uh, great luck in the, the official Apple ear pods or AirPods, yeah, whatever they're the called. The AirPods Pro. AirPods Pro. Oh, yeah. what, what's the difference between the Pro and the not Pro? Um, the pro ones are a little bit smaller Mm. and they have the rubber tips on them. Whereas the regular AirPod or the regular Apple iPods or whatever, they don't have the rubber tips on them. Right. It seems like the, the tips is the way to go. Yes. Yeah. Cause without the tips, like it's basically just a pair of wireless old Apple ear, uh, earbuds or headphones that are super uncomfortable in your ears like I could never do those like I threw them away <laughs> like I never had any use for those um so yeah uh, that was kind of a fun poll I, I haven't checked the results here uh in in an hour or so but yeah last time I looked it was um it was like that and I don't know I just threw that up just you know as a silly poll so but yeah, so let's uh, let's dive into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, so, Lindsay, do you have any initial thoughts that you'd like to discuss about the film? Likes, dislikes, overall thoughts and feelings. Um, I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was fun, which is what I want my superhero movies to be. Sure, I don't like to take them too too seriously. Makes sense. Um. I like the, some of the new characters they introduced with Mantis and Drax. Well, Drax and, isn't super new. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. You the, got more of him in this. Yeah. He he definitely had a little bit more to do in this movie, it seemed like. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Like, I enjoy, I enjoyed it. It, it. You know, it was one... It was surprising in some ways because it was the first real... You know, spoiler alert, I guess, uh, movie where they actually killed off a semi-likable character. Oh, yeah. So, that yeah. was kind of surprising. and Yeah, have we, up until this point, I, I'm sure there's been some semi-memorable deaths, right? From, from like, either, uh, you know, good characters or 
you know, like chaotic neutral characters or mm. I don't know. I, I can't really think of any. I, I feel like there's got to be some, but maybe I mean, not. Ultron I'm, was pretty cool. He was killed <laughs> off. Mm, that's about but, all I can think of. But I mean, Ultron and if you count Darvis. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he he came back as Vision. So sort of. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you may be right. I mean, the, Yondu is definitely, like, one of the first super memorable uh, deaths in, in the MCU in terms of, like, good guys. Um, you know, it was up until, like, this movie, like, the... I'd say like maybe midway through, like he wasn't, he wasn't considered a bad guy, but he wasn't necessarily good either. Like, you know, he was part of the Ravagers and so that odd, you know, just by default, that kind of makes him like, you know, like kind of sleazy or not sleazy, but what, I don't know. What am I trying to say? Um, it, I mean, I always kind of felt like they were just kind of like, like they sort of had a moral compass right sort of like like they weren't exactly out like killing babies at least that we saw in the mcu right um they were kind of like robbing you right. know just kind of but stealing they did. and and scavenging and yeah but when they they took uh rocket and uh groot and and yondu hostage they they got pretty turnt there. They they started sending fuckers out to space without any uh, protection, um, and they they did not feel bad about that at all. They were they were pretty happy to say goodbye to to those dudes as they floated into space and turned icicles. This is true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, the movie it kind of opens up with. Uh, with a, a couple of characters that we're sort of kind of familiar with. Basically, uh, it's <laughs> it's Star-Lord's mom and dad, and they're on a little date, and they go behind a Dairy Queen, and we're introduced to uh, to them and a couple new ideas, and yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, his dad come back, and he's all, you know, goody-goody, like, hey, I just saved your life. Why don't you come hang out with me? I'm your dad, and let's get to know each other and then they get to know each other and it turns out that he's not so great of a guy and he's called ego for a reason <laughs> yeah yeah like like the the planet that he created is basically just him and uh yeah, planet form so it's just another one of those cases of a parent using their child to you know live vicariously through them or you know they need something uh, you know, some sort of personal gain that they need right so yeah it's very common in the mcu yeah lots of people with um fucked up parents yeah fucked up parents mommy and daddy issues uh, it's a reoccurring theme as you said yeah um so yeah uh, just a heads up we don't have a ton of notes laid out we weren't super prepared for this episode we just decided to record because we found some free time uh which is very hard to come by nowadays um especially free time and we're both like in the mental state <laughs> to record and we're like i mean we we both have seen both of these movies a million times so we felt like we could probably sit down and discuss yeah, Civil War, yes. 
Guardians, not as much. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, I, I looked up some stuff, you know, hit the highlights. I watched I, some scenes. Right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you this and get your opinion. Uh, do you think that uh, fathers and sons are more are more likely to get more out of this movie than anyone else? I mean, I guess you could try and make that argument. Um, but I mean, I still really felt for Star-Lord like mm-hmm. in this movie. Like, you know, when your parents disappoint you, that's hard. That's rough. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter if it's your mom or your dad or whatever. If you have a close relationship with them, it's rough. And then he hasn't really had a relationship with his dad. And so, like, he gets to know his dad and he's really excited. And, you know, it's got so much promise. And mm. he and then basically be- thinks his dad is, uh, is um, what's his name, <laughs> from, uh, from Baywatch. Uh, uh, what, what's David Hasselhoff? Yeah. David Hasselhoff. Wasn't he in Baywatch? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) and so, yeah, you know, you really felt that like let down, like when you, when you found out his big agenda and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I have a weird relationship with this movie. Like it is definitely not my favorite uh, MCU movie uh, and I definitely prefer the first Guardians of the Galaxy over this but like I, I feel like it's um, the movie is kind of made up of a bunch of little moments that make the movie great like the movie as a whole like if you take a step back and look at like the whole thing it's I, I'd give it like maybe I think a, it's more emotional in some ways than the first one yeah um for sure. And like um knowing that like I said uh, him coming to the realization that family is not always blood. blood. Yeah, you know, so he you know, he has family in Yondu, he has family in his crew and, you know, mm-hmm. Gamora and you know, Rocket and everybody and you know, they take on Mantis and like she becomes part of their family and you are hideous. <laughs> so, um, I think that's an important lesson for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's uh, the, that, uh, that plot or, you know, story, whatever you want to call it of like family isn't always blood. You know, it's, it's the people that you surround yourself with that, you know, that you, you call home basically. And, but this, I think that's something that this movie does really well. Like, it was fun, like the memes after this movie came out. Like, I remember like, uh, one of, one of my favorites was, aside from all the the different iterations of um, Mary Poppins, y'all, um, like a cartoon, uh, Yondu, like coming down with his, uh, with, with his arrow like right next to Mary uh, Mary Poppins with her umbrella. <laughs> it just has a bubble above Yondu. It says, I'm oh, Mary Poppins, y'all. And Mary Poppins like, what the fuck? Um, but aside from that, uh, you know, one of my favorites was the line from Yondu, like his one of his last lines, which was, uh, you know, he may have been your father boy, but he ain't your daddy. 
<laughs> and like uh, I, I think I read some, one tweet from someone that was like, thank you, Yondu, for making uh, the term daddy uh, pure again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's so true. Because like at the time, I remember like daddy was starting to be like a big thing and like, a, you know, sexualizing like actors and, you know, TV personalities and whatnot. And I mean, you know. That's a whole different topic and discussion in and of itself. But yeah, I, I thought, uh, I loved that part. Um, but I mean, I was asking that question of, you know, if you thought that this might be a film, you know, more that like fathers and sons could get something out of. Cause like, I, I thought it might be, but I, I just, I wanted to ask like, uh, it's something I think, like every time that I watch it, like okay, the, like like let's take the Lion King, okay? Like I think that is like kind of a father son movie because the father is really trying to step up and teach his son the right things, and he's really trying to protect his son. He ends up dying, you know, obviously super sad. But like this movie, the dad ends up kind of betraying him. So I think no, it's not as much about fathers and sons. It is as it is about, like I said before, finding out that family is not only blood, that yeah. family is. So I don't think it would necessarily hit home any better for like a father and son to watch it than it would sure. anybody else. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's see. I'm, uh, I was looking earlier at some of the... Uh, some of the the movie trivia on IMDb and some of it was pretty interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, one one thing that I I kind of appreciated was uh, Russell Russell Bobbitt, who was the prop master behind the film. He had difficulty finding the cassette decks that they just that they used in the uh, the movie, like. <laughs> Uh, obviously they weren't being made anymore because those cassette decks were being made in like the 70s and 80s um and he even contacted sony to see if like they had any like lying around like that they rent out to you know yeah movie studios and whatnot and they they had jack shit <laughs> so <laughs> like he, you're on your own <laughs> yeah so he had to just make them uh, which I mean, you know, that's what a prop master does. But you know, any time that you can rent something like that, uh, well, there's no sense in like reinventing the wheel. If you can just go get it, you should go get it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I admire the dedication to the whole like cassette tape uh, thing. You know, and, and looking like he rigged up, or I mean, I, I get at, it's funny at this point like. You know, it was only Quill that was really into the music. Like, that was his thing. And, you know, he was kind of riding solo. And then now he's, it's like the Guardians. And so, (laughs) like, the movie opens up with Rocket. Like, he's like, hey, I thought we could have some tunes, like, while we work. (laughs) And he's like, no, I got to agree with Drax on this one. It's hardly the most important thing here. (laughs) Um but uh, yeah, that was that was pretty funny, and like that's when we get introduced to uh, Drax and his his qualms with the 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 flight packs or, or jet packs or whatever that Rocket made, and yeah. uh, apparently he has sensitive nipples, which you know that's fair. Yeah, him <laughs> and uh, Andy from the Office they can both <laughs> get together and talk about that. 
He has sensitive nipples also. Yes. Fans of the office. Um, so yeah, there, there was that. Um, apparently they were able to cut down on some of the makeup time for Dave Batista and his uh, Drax makeup. Um, in the first film, it took nearly three hours to uh, to apply all the makeup and, and tattoos and whatnot, but they got it down to 90 minutes uh, for, for this one. So looks like they... You know, made some progress, but he did end up having to like sit in the sauna at the end of the day just to like have it all just wash off him and, <laughs> and like sweat part of it off and just make it easier to you know come come off in the shower, I guess or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. Um. I guess another part, you know, we we've kind of established, you know, at this point that like this movie has a lot of familial ties and themes to it another part of that is uh, uh nebula and, Gamora. and Gamora. yeah they're the sisters yeah they're they're constant um one-upsmanship and and whatnot has still carried on into this film and, and this is kind of where they i don't know if you call it burying the hatchet but they, they sort of reconcile. I mean, in terms of the beef that we've seen between these two characters at the end of the movie, they've made some significant progress. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, like considering that like 20 minutes before the end of the movie, like Nebula is trying to kill Gamora with a spaceship. Uh, that was fair. Okay. That was warranted. <laughs> I'm totally on Team Nebula for that one, okay? Oh, yeah? I think Gamora was being a bit of a bitch. I mean, uh, she basically left her sister hanging in all to dry. I mean, Gamora could have went, hey, hey, I'll help you win one for Dad every once in a while. You know, we'll say you did it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they, I mean, uh, living with Thanos as your dad, I, I can't imagine he fostered too much of a lovey-dovey familial cooperative spirit like he literally made them fight each other and then the loser had to lose a organic piece of themselves which explains why nebula is like half machine and half organic matter and nebula is more or less still completely human um hence all the uh the resentment (laughs) nebula has for that's why I'm Team Nebula. I yeah. think she was kind of valid in that. Yeah, I mean, I I'm definitely not arguing with you, but you know, it's it's also one of those like kill or be killed kind of situations, and if that's the only life that, that you know, then yeah, yeah, it's that's another like kind of theme with these movies is like these hardened uh, like vigilantes and and trained killers like kind of learning what love is yeah that's why i feel like the black widow hawkeye characters aren't really fully fleshed out like in the movies at all yeah it's because you really never get to see them be like oh okay (laughs) uh like you do in some of the comics and some of the like fan fiction and stuff i read yeah um I do, uh, I do know, like, one of the, the more common, like, complaints of this movie and, like, several other MCU films, like, going forward from here, like, 
the the argument of comedy and it being overbearing like that's one of the seems like that's one of the main criticisms especially of the new Thor movie like a lot of people uh, we talked about this uh, a little bit on our last episode but one of the biggest criticisms is like the the comedy is too overbearing like they don't need as much do you do you think that cut into um, the storyline for this movie at all and or, or do you think that it was pretty uh, warranted. I think the Guardians movies are more set up to have that comedy sure. than the previous Thor movies. And it's not like Thor had lack of comedy in his movies. He had, you know, plenty of moments. But it just felt like this Love and Thunder movie, they were just trying to, like, shove it in there <laughs> a little much. And mm. I didn't dislike Love and Thunder, but I can see where people are coming from. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't think the humor in this movie beats you over the head too much. I, I I do think that there's there's a couple moments where they could have done without it to make the moments more uh, more poignant, like when you know when uh, Star Lord or you know Star Lord slash Peter Quill and. Uh, his dad are about to start going toe to toe. Uh, you know, his dad like turns into David Hasselhoff for a second, you know, and kind of like mocking him and like, you know, this is what you wanted your dad to be like, but <laughs> this is what I'm actually like. Like that part was funny. Like objectively that part was funny, but did it really need to be there? Like, I don't know. Like maybe not. Like I, I, I feel like, Marvel is is uh, starting from around this time period, kind of has that track record of interjecting like poignant, serious moments with humor, so uh, so it doesn't get too serious. Um, maybe I'm reading too much into it and listening to too many echo chambers on the internet. Well, but- I think like if you go to the source material of like comics. Um, people like the drama and the action in their comics, mm-hmm. but there's always been like some humorous frames and subplots in the comics as well. And I think it would right. be a mistake not to include that. And it also fleshes out the characters a little more and gives them a little bit, at least some of them, it gives them a little bit more of a 3D real person effect. Like if you're just serious and only battling all the time Mm -hmm. you you don't really it's harder to care about the characters i guess yeah um and you know comedy mixed with emotional drama and poignant moments is something that james gunn does really well and has continued to do very well like you know you, you look at um the suicide squad and the the peacemaker show uh, on top of the Marvel stuff that he's done. Like, it's it's excellent. Um, so, um, yeah, I... Uh, and then, uh, aside from the whole, you know, dad stuff, like, I- I'm trying to think of what this movie does to kind of forward along the, the, the story, uh, like, the overall MCU story. Like, it introduces... At the end, it introduces us to Adam... 
which I believe is going to be in in volume three. I think. Yeah. We'll 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 see. Um, But yeah, I. um, uh, Yeah, I was I was trying to think of other things that yeah, like you said, they introduced Mantis, who is an adorable character. I love Mantis, and I love the the Mantis Drax interactions, like all of them, like when. She's like, you don't, you don't think I'm pretty or whatever. He's like, you're hideous. <laughs> but like at the end, he's like, you are beautiful on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't like he, he's got this is so many good lines in this movie. Like when uh, she's demonstrating her powers for the first time, how she talks about how she's an empath and she can sense how people are feeling and she verbalizes their pain and, and all that. And, um, she does it to Quill. <laughs> He's like, she just exposed your deepest, darkest secrets. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> like that's one of my favorite lines of all time. It's so funny. Like the way he delivers it. Um, but yeah. Uh, and of course the ending scene when, when Yondu, you know, makes the, his ultimate sacrifice and gives Quill the, you know, the, the, the mask headset thing to keep him from dying in space. And so we can get safely aboard the ship. And then all the Ravengers show up and give him the, the Ravenger funeral that's, you know, they all said that he didn't deserve in the beginning, but you know, everyone learned the truth about how, you know, he, he's, yes, he abducted Quill, but as a kid, but you know, he, he kept that a secret for, for how long? I mean, yeah, like it had to be at least 20 years, 15, 20 years that, you know, he, he was supposed to deliver him to, uh, to, uh, ego. But when he realized that he sent him on a mission to abduct a kid, he was like, no, I, I, I can't deliver you a kid because I, I know exactly what you're planning on doing. And he, I, I can't remember why he had to keep that a secret from everyone else. Do, do you remember why he had to? Well, I think because wasn't Ego like paying people for bringing him the Prob- his offspring? Right, and so yeah. He didn't want the other Ravengers to know because. Oh yeah, that yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because they would all want they would like kill Yondu <laughs> to to deliver them. Yeah, they would Quill want the himself. reward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that makes total sense. Yeah. Good job. High five. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing that's why. I just, uh, that's I'm what I I'm think. pretty sure that's that's why. Or, or if there's multiple reasons, that's got to be one of them. Uh, but yeah, like I said, everyone, all the Ravengers show up at the end and we get uh, all kinds of cool cameos. We get um, the one that comes to mind, uh, or one of them is uh, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I, I can't remember his character, but I know it's one from the comic books. Uh, and then Ving Rhames, he was the other character that or actor that I was thinking of that made a, a cameo appearance at the end. I don't know the name of his character either. Um, anyone that's listening that's a huge comic book nerd is probably screaming at me right now, and that's that's cool. Um, sorry, I haven't gotten a chance to read much Guardians of the Galaxy comic books yet. But I, I, I want to because there's a, a run where 
Tony Stark apparently joins them for a little bit, which is pretty cool. So, well, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I did read in the trivia that Taserface, his character, uh, he comes from a cybernetically enhanced race called the Starks, and they—it's no accident. Um, <laughs> they are coincidence. They—I uh, can't remember the name of their planet, but some of Stark's equipment somehow crash landed on their planet which maybe it helped them become enhanced or something and so their god is literally <laughs> tony stark interesting um i don't know if they know he's just a dude like from earth but yeah um that was a funny little factoid in the uh in the trivia so anyways uh we gotta get to captain america civil war because uh, that is a huge film to discuss uh, so, uh, Lindsay, what is uh, what what kind of letter grade or star rating would you give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Um, B minus, maybe a B minus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I, I think B minus is probably where I'd I'd land. I think B plus is what I gave Guardians Volume One. Um, so, like I said, Guardians Volume 1 is definitely my favorite of the two that we've gotten so far. Very anxious to see where they go with uh, Volume 3, which we should be getting... I don't... I, I think it's next year, right? Like, I believe uh, we have uh, the the Christmas special is supposed to come out this Christmas. And then we'll get the next movie next year, which is a pretty significant gap. Like, this Volume 2 came out in 2017, and then... If it's 2023, that's, what, six years? Yeah, but, I mean, like, we had a pandemic and stuff. So I know, that pretty much shut everything down for, like, two years. Sure, but, you know, still, like, it's it's a pretty decent gap between two movies. I mean, it was, uh, it was only uh, three years between Volume 1 and 2. But, anyways, uh, yeah, so Captain America Civil War, this is a doozy. Um it's basically Avengers, like, two and a half, right? Pretty much, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's really only lacking Hulk and... Thor? Thor, yeah. Uh, and, and we get a couple of new characters. Uh, we get Spidey. Yay! Yay! And we get Black Panther. Yay! Um, and Ant-Man. And, well, I mean... I mean, we were introduced to Ant-Man in, like, his solo movie, but, like, he didn't get to hang out with the Avengers too much. This is true. Yeah. Uh, So, so yeah, we we get these uh, awesome new characters. Uh, And I I got to learn some new stuff uh, when I was reading the trivia a while ago, which I I didn't really know. Um, It's uh, kind of like... It's just bureaucratic shit, but it's, it's still interesting. Like, it's... Uh, so they were, I think they were like writing the script or or something and they were trying to get permission from Sony to use Spider-Man. You know, there was this big thing for a long time where Sony did not want to play ball with Disney once Disney acquired, uh, you know, Marvel and the MCU and, and all that. And so... Uh, they weren't sure if they were even going to get Spider-Man while they were writing the script for this. So they ended up cutting Spider-Man's part way down 
so that if they had to cut it out completely, it wouldn't affect the story too much. Well, uh, and then they jacked up the role for Black Panther a lot. So that's why we get a lot of Black Panther in this movie. Uh, but then, like, nearing the completion of the script or uh, or at the end of the script, like, Sony came back saying, like, with a deal, like, we'll, we'll let you use... Um, uh, Spider-Man, you know, for for however much you want to use him, but I, I forget it, it, it in exchange what they asked for. But um, yeah, Fox basically came, or Sony came back, letting them, you know, right. So they had to, they ended up giving Spider-Man quite a bit of time as well. Um, I not nearly as much as Black Panther, but um, uh, but yeah. So so what did you what did you think of uh, Civil War. Did you like it? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, a lot of Black Widow, which I always appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I felt like it kind of fleshed out some of these characters a little more. It fleshed out Tony and Pepper's relationship a little bit more. Um, I was kind of excited to see her putting her foot down a little bit, saying, I'm not putting up with your bullshit. <laughs> so she took a little bit of a break from Tony. Hoping mm-hmm. that he was going to get his stuff together. Um, of course, that's part of what pushed him to want to have some sanctions in place, I guess. So, right. So. Yeah, and all that just from some dialogue from Tony. Like, I'm, I don't. Pepper doesn't even make an appearance in this no. movie. No, no, no. So yeah, we we get all that just from some dialogue from Tony. Yeah. Yeah. What else? And. and um, uh, like I said, between um, Cap and Tony, like, you know, we kind of get their feelings on things, on the state of uh, things. And I, I really think that Tony was kind of on to something. Because I don't think really Tony was like, hey, let's be restricted by the government. I think he was like, hey, let's pretend to play ball with these assholes so we can keep the team together. And Cap was like, no. No. <laughs> yeah yeah um it, you could be on to something there um it, it definitely seemed like uh tony would kind of be the one who would play ball like at the beginning and then well i mean like if honestly if like another country or someone like really needed help and whoever's in charge said no you can't go do you really think Tony's going to stay home and not help? Right. And, and do you do you think that, like, Tony would, like, hand over the reins without putting some, like, backdoor into, like... Yeah. Uh, what is it? Friday? Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I And he'd have his lawyers write <laughs> so much bullshit in there. They, they'd be screwed. Yeah. It'd be United States of Tony Stark by the time he was done. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this movie, it, it covers a lot. Uh, we're introduced to Baron Zemo, which is a very interesting villain, uh, up until this point in the MCU. Like we've been introduced to a lot of villains that are very powerful, um, you know, either magically or, uh, you know, by brute force, they, you know, they're just very powerful, strong villains and Zemo is maybe one of the first villains that we've come across in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that 
uses brains over brawn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting because like we we have no prior knowledge of him, and so like on top of everything, uh, in this movie they managed to weave his character into it, and it makes total sense. Like, you know, his his family was unfortunately killed during the the uh, the the battle at Sokovia. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that I mean that makes total sense. Like his uh, his. His reasoning. Yeah, his re- reasoning behind wanting to break up the band. Yeah, have some revenge. Right. Um, I don't know, what, uh, is there something in particular or a couple facets of this movie that stood out to you as like, like this is the reason why I think this is a good Marvel movie or this is why I really like it? Um, well, like I said, uh, fleshing out the characters a little more. It wasn't all 100% just action, 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 though there was plenty of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a lot of um, humorous moments in there, Mm -hmm. um, which I enjoy. Um, And it wasn't too over the top with, like, the humor. Yeah, yeah, that's a a big one. Like, the, you know, we we were talking a little bit about that. Yeah, in uh, Guardians. Like, for Guardians. and Yeah, like, um, you know, I enjoy, like, the fighting and the one-liners. And so since we had so many Avengers fighting each other, we had a lot of that. Yeah, they, they did a great job of balancing the humor in this movie. Like, one of my favorite lines to break up, like, the tension is, like, when Tony uh, gets the info from, uh, what was it, Falcon, when he visits him and everyone else on the raft as to where Cap and Bucky are, are headed. And so he gets there and he opens the, the elevator. And like, Steve is like, it's good to see you, Tony. <laughs> and Bucky like still is like pointing his AR at him. And he's, I don't know if it's an AR. doesn't matter. Uh, but he, he's like, come on, Manchurian candidate, you're killing me. <laughs> like, I come in peace. <laughs> um, and then, of course, like that peace doesn't last very long. Uh, but yeah, like opening this movie with Bucky killing his parents, but like the uninformed, which is me and I'm, for you as well, I'm assuming. Did, did you know that uh, going in that that was his parents? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, the car and like, you know, they called him Stark Howard. So, so e- even seeing this movie for the first time, you knew that. In the very beginning of the movie, that was his parents? Yes. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I did not pick up on that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I need to read more fan fiction. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But, yeah, I uh, that was lost on me. So that was a, a fun reveal for me, I guess, at the end. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this, uh, this movie, uh, you know, like I said, it was a big deal when it came out because, like, We've we've had plenty of Avengers bickering uh, in Avengers One and Avengers Age of Ultron, but like here it's you know turned up to eleven and the proverbial nod is ripped off. Well, the stakes are higher, right? Um, because you know some of the Avengers are literally being threatened. Like if you don't sign, you're literally enemy of the state. Not Going welcome here. Yeah, so they're literally deciding if they're going to be on the run or 
if they're going to yeah. sign it and, you know, stick around, I guess. Right. And I guess, you know, some of them felt like they just couldn't couldn't sign it over. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I feel like that was a, a mistake because I really don't think that Tony was saying, hey, let these guys be in charge. I think he was saying, let's do what we have to to keep, you know, like I said, keep the team together. Sure. So, yeah. So it was, it's definitely an a interesting movie. I, uh, one of my favorite parts was um, in the airport scene when they're having the big battle is um, Nat and Clint fighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. You're pulling your punch. Or no, that was uh, Scarlet's line. Yeah. He's just like, how hard are you going to hit me? <laughs> He's like, are, are we, we still friends? Yeah, we... It depends on how hard you hit me. I love that so much. Like, it's almost like they're just putting on a show. They're like, like they both understand that this is just a phase. And because like, like they're hardened, like war bots, like, they, like they've seen plenty of action in war and they know that like, there's ebbs and flows and people come to solutions eventually. Well, I mean, you know, it's like one of Natasha's lines, I think in Avengers, when she's talking to Loki, she's always like, you know, I'm Russian, you know, (laughs) her jeans, you know, rise and fall every day. She's like, I'm really not attached. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that was, that, that is another great moment in this movie where they're they're just kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> they're play fighting almost. Yeah, and like eventually Natasha turns and yeah. allows them to get away. Right. Yeah. Uh, which was a a big deal, and the the exact action that led to her finally her own solo film, which we'll get to. I think next one, right? Like, cause her like the the events of Black Widow happen right after this. Yeah. So I, I think that's one of the next. I, I can't remember what the other one is, but I'm pretty sure Black Widow is one of the, the next two. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, like I was saying, uh, we had a couple of brand new characters introduced. So why don't we talk about those for a second? Okay. Um, so obviously I loved Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that we didn't have to sit through a whole another Spider-Man <laughs> gets bit by the spider movie and then in order Uncle to get, Ben dies. Yeah, and in, in order to get Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't just, feel like we really needed that. <laughs> no, we we did not. We even people that have not seen the movies, any of the Spider Man movies, know what the fuck is going on with Spider Man. Everyone knows that he was bit by a radioactive spider. Everyone knows that Uncle Ben died somehow, some way. Doesn't really matter, but Uncle Ben's dead, and his parents are dead, and he only has his Aunt May. Right. Um, And depending on which universe you're referencing, he may not even have Aunt May. So, uh, but yeah, we we do get Spider-Man in this movie, uh, which was a huge deal for stupid bureaucratic reasons. Uh, One of my favorite moments is when... Uh, Tony comes to see him and he sits down on the bed or he's trying to sit down on the bed and he's like, now it's your turn to move. (laughs) And like he scoots down or uh, Peter scoots down on the bed. Apparently like that, that wasn't scripted. Like he, uh, he just Tom Holland forgot his, his blocking. uh, Tony says, I'm going to sit here now or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like I'm going to sit here now. 
And like he just he thought that would be a funny line to say so uh, to not have to stop filming and it just made it into the the final cut which I thought was great. Um and then <laughs> when he when he shoots his hands when he's about to go like, you know, spill the beans to Amy, he's like, "Don't tell my aunt." And yeah. he's like, "Get me out of this." <laughs> So that was great. Um, it's funny, like if you listen closely, you can hear his British accent start to slip in a couple of places. I, I don't know for sure, but this was probably one of his very first uh, American roles um, as a British actor. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I love the story of him, uh, like. Uh, looking screen up to testing, Tony. or well I was gonna say screen testing and auditioning for this role like he he talks about like talking to uh, like the Russo brothers and Kevin and, and all them like hey do you want me to like actually flip in and they're like yeah sure kid like whatever you want like they had no idea what he was talking about but like he actually does a fucking front flip like legit gymnastic style <laughs> and like to to catch you know and pantomimes catching cap shield and everyone on set is just like we've never seen anyone do any actual movements <laughs> these movies <laughs> and that was apparently the moment they were like okay kid you you have the the part like here it is good job yeah <laughs> someone finally who can do their own stunts and i mean i'm not like you know, shitting on anyone like, uh, uh, was it Chris Evans? Like he had to get in fantastic shape, like because we have that. You know, of course the uh, the notorious epic scene where he's grabbing, he's doing a bicep curl with a fucking uh, with Bucky's helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Um, which uh, I, I was reading in the trivia that they they had to film all of his scenes that where he was not in costume first uh, because he was in the best shape, of course, at the beginning of filming and you lose so much weight wearing the suit because it's, you know, it's a legit suit. It's not like a green screen type thing. Um, And so they had to film all those like, you know, regular clothes scenes first so they could get all the muscle definition and whatnot. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's Spider-Man. And then we get, uh, you know, some funny scenes with him at the, uh, the airplane, uh, at the airport and the hangar yep. and whatnot. Underoos. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, him stopping, uh, Bucky's like punch, just like, whoa, is that a metal arm? Like, yeah, that was, that was a big deal at that moment because him demonstrating that kind of power to stop. And strength. Yeah. And, like, he was just, like, one step away for, like, asking for autographs. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's always been kind of, like, the the allure and likableness of Spider-Man is that, you know, he's a, a superhero, but at the end of the day, he's just a kid, and he's surrounded by all these, like, these people that he watches on TV yeah. And so Well, that's why I liked Miss Marvel so much because like she was an actual fan of like all the superheroes yeah. like before like she kind of came into her own um powers. So Yeah. Um you know, it just made her like very relatable and kind of likable. Um you know, it's like, "Oh, here's this kid and she's daydreaming about, you know, <laughs> being a superhero." 
Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Miss Marvel, I was a I finally finished it and I was a, a sobbing mess at the end. Like her dad should win like dad of the year in that universe and in all the universes. <laughs> like the their conversation out on the uh like outside her bedroom on the, the roof, like it's just I was like, Oh god See that was much more of like a an actual like moment, like mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I then I think like happened in Guardians. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, so we got Spider Man, and then our new other new character is of course Black Panther, which had a little bit bigger role, um, more cemented into the the actual plot of the movie because you know they uh, his dad dies from the explosion, and the news reports kind of jump the gun. And, and assume that it was Bucky Barnes, who was an enemy of the states. Also, well, I mean that's that was the plan. You know, that was Zemo's plan was to right. to flesh him out. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to hide when the entire world is looking for you. <laughs> yeah, um, apparently the the chase uh, on the highway and uh, under the underpass, apparently that was all practical effects like him, uh, like Bucky, like commandeering someone's motorcycle. Like that was all practical. Like I, I couldn't believe that. I was like, surely there had to been some CG and I'm sure like the cars were rolling at like five miles an hour. And then they used some camera trickery to make it look like they were running like 40 miles an hour. Uh, but yeah, uh, I thought that was a fantastic scene, and you know, and then after they, uh, you know, all the the five O come, you know, the, it's revealed that this uh, this new guy in the cat suit is your uh, highness, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, Chadwick Boseman, like amazing mm-hmm. actor, like he was made for this role, and yeah. You know, it's very sad that he's not here anymore. Yeah, um, I'm very interested to see what they do in Black Panther 2, which looks fucking incredible. It looks really amazing. I really have my fingers crossed for Shuri, but yeah, I don't know. Like, based on the, based on the, you know, the scenes that we've got so far, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it. So. Uh, the The trailer like it shows a lot, but at the same time, it doesn't really tell us a lot. Yeah, and and Marvel is famous for its misdirection tr- and trickery, and yeah. The, so who knows? Yeah, well, we'll see. But yeah, like I said, Black Panther he's he's cemented more into this uh, the the story arc of this film. You know, he he's got his own motivations for. Uh, kind of quote-unquote joining Tony's side and then going after after Bucky but it turns out like he learns that it wasn't Bucky after all it was Baron Zemo and then you know he he go he makes like the big decision at the towards the end of the movie he makes that decision to not not kill Zemo you know to to turn him over to the authorities uh, which is a big deal, you know. Yeah. Um. So uh, I don't know what what else what, what else can we talk about with this movie? Um. We um, vision is a big, relatively big part of this movie, right? I mean, it, it's really the first 
like full movie that we get a vision, you know, and he's got a couple funny parts uh, where, you know, he floats through the walls of Wanda's room. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to make the pepper cash for. Yeah. To make her feel better. And he is not like really fleshed out as far as like what he can do. Mm-hmm. So he's a very interesting character and he's still not really. Yeah. Yeah, they uh they played that really close to the chest, the vest. Um as far as his his powers and they uh, which ended up being a good thing. They they let they just kind of let time tell uh, cuz in reality he didn't know. Like he admits like he's not sure what he's capable of what the 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 soul stone is capable of so um yeah they they just kind of let all that play out in real time his you know his full capabilities and powers and and whatnot um i love that line where he's like wanda no one dislikes you wanda (laughs) he's like thank you um but uh yeah and then we get the uh the pretty humorous scene between the the three him Wanda and Clint when he comes to try and rescue her from from the compound yeah yeah and we we get a good demonstration of Wanda's powers like you know up until this point we haven't seen a ton like we've seen a little bit uh, yeah, of uh, her like kind of influencing and right, but we like she pounds him into the ground several stories into the ground, <laughs> well, like with with her powers, uh, and that that's just you know a, a drop in the bucket to what we'll you know start seeing with her. I mean, we you know we we get a, a good idea of what she's capable of in. In WandaVision, and then of course in Doctor Strange, yeah, we get basically the the full regalia there. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, what what else can we talk about with the with this movie? Um, Nothing. I mean, really, it was just it was really awesome. It ended in kind of a bummer because we have so much of our team kind of on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make um, Infinity War. Um, kind of important because that's really what brings everybody back together, and yeah. it's kind of like okay, this is this is a problem, this is real, and you know we don't have time for any bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, and the fact that everyone kind of sucked it up and got along and and did what they needed to do proves that they could have and that this big gap and this you know wasn't really necessary Mm -hmm. yeah i like how it was cap that extended the olive branch at the end i mean if if that's what you want to call it an olive branch but you know to to tony like you see tony in the the brand new avengers compound uh, and he opens up that package and it's it's like a, a burner phone, right? With just Cap's number in it in case he needs to get in touch with him. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. and he has that note where he's he's like, I can't remember exactly what he said. He's like, hey, you know, yeah, we're fighting right now. But I think at the end of the day, we're 
still on the same side of things. And if you ever need me, yeah. I'm just a call away. Um, and I thought that was very characteristic of Cap to to do that. Like, I'm not saying Tony would never do that because I, I think he would. I think, yeah, I think he would. I think Tony kind of has a little bit more of an ego and it has mm-hmm. takes him a little longer to like say sorry. And and that's why like he took like Bucky being um, responsible for his parents' death mm-hmm. so hard. Like yeah. once he had time to kind of like absorb it and was like okay well he really wasn't himself yeah and i really can't hold this against him you know he he it's not like he got over it exactly but he was like i can live with this and i understand that you know it wasn't really a choice on his part right so but you know the fact that cap knew didn't tell him (laughs) And then, you know, all this stuff with the cords and everything are being sprung on him all at once. Mm-hmm. And it made it hard. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, that's kind of like him knowing and not telling him. Like, he, like and even first, he, he said, like, I knew parts of it. And he's like, did you know? He's like, yeah. Like, I knew the whole thing. And like, yeah. that was that was kind of like the, the proverbial nail in the coffin was was him admitting that you know he knew all along and i don't i mean i i can see both sides of the argument that cat made was like where he was like i I thought i was you know protecting you or you know uh, sparing you heartache and and mixed feelings by not telling you that this is what happened to your parents um but I can also see like being Tony, like a needing closure, like how knowing what would happen or what happens would would help. But you know, from Cap's side, like it was it was his best friends that did it, and but really only Cap knew that you know Bucky was not in his right mind. Literally, like that's not Bucky. That's the Winter Soldier making those decisions. Um, so. So yeah, I think we've uh, we've given this one its due. Uh, you want to throw out a uh, a letter grade or? So. Well, in that case, it's a minus. A minus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'm gonna give this one a, a solid A. Yeah, I, I think the A pluses I'm gonna reserve for for later films, um, but yeah, this this one I I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm. This isn't necessarily the movie's fault. I can understand it being kind of expensive to rent out an actual airport, but uh, it does kind of take me out of the movie during the airport scene, like when they're all talking. Like the action is a little bit different, uh, or the, like when when the action kicks in. In the airport scene, it's it's a little different, but when they're just standing around talking, like it's so obvious with like a good TV. Like everyone has a good TV nowadays. You know, we have a really good TV, um, and it's so obvious that they're shooting on a soundstage, like in front of a big green screen or blue screen, whatever. And so it probably doesn't do anything for you but for me it kind of it takes me out of the movie just a tiny bit knowing that they are not on location like i'm just i'm a sucker for 
on location shooting or partially on location shooting um and knowing that like they're just standing around on a soundstage like saying these lines it takes me out of the movie just a tiny bit but since it's a superhero movie i'm willing to suspend some disbelief and you know for the sake of getting past all that so um yeah uh actually i I think isn't black panther next black panther and black widow um actually i think it's um so after silver war is dr strange scratch that it's black widow and spider-man homecoming really yeah huh i could have sworn that um are, are you sure you're reading from the the timeline order timeline order yes okay all right. Well, I mean, I'm not complaining about that. I, I just, I knew that, you know, at the beginning of Black Panther, you know, they're talking about how he just inherited the the title of King of Wakanda. Right. So Black Panther is immediately after Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll have that next to the, we'll have that two episodes yeah. later yeah. um <clears throat> okay cool well um yeah should we uh should we get into our shit that doesn't suck and then uh sign off this bitch you can i don't have any you don't have anything no i haven't like i have really haven't had a chance to like delve into any new podcast or anything lately no but i mean you we were uh, at lunch today you were talking about the documentaries and stuff that you've been watching lately talk about some uh, of that I've been watching um, the Chernobyl, uh, like the actual news footage on HBO. Yeah. Um, which I, I'm just, I don't know. I just find interesting. I just. It is. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. And like, it's the actual news footage from the 80s. So I really find all the hairstyles and like the clothes, like really humorous. And um, Right, because it's not just style from the 80s, but it's like Russian style from the 80s. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of it's like American news footage as well. Sure, yeah. Um, But mostly it's just um, a reflection on how long it took us to get the actual events of what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because they did not want anyone to know anything. Right, and eventually they had to tell because the radiation was leaking so far, and they were like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, like... They're like, oh yeah, well, fish like <laughs> like two hundred miles from here are gonna start growing multiple eyeballs. So uh, yeah. we're gonna have to let people know finally. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So um, I have been watching a lot of the pitch meetings online. I find them really humorous. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Ryan those, George. Yeah, those and, are always funny. Um. Other than that, our we've been kind of wrapped up in the kids lately. Yeah, I don't it, know if David's ever mentioned, but like both our kids have autism. Yeah, I've mentioned it before. Okay, I mean so it, like, it, it's it's been a while. I I don't talk about them ton on the podcast, but so yeah, they're they're always a bit of an adventure, and and we just recently decided that we're gonna homeschool them. So that's that's been a that's a thing, and so we're we're kind of prepping for that. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know if this is going to be the best thing, if this is going to work, but I'm really anxious to try it, and I hope it does. I hope I can provide them with a really 
good and thorough education and that I can feel good about it because yeah. I don't feel good about the school system right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there's, uh, that's a whole other bag to unpack. Uh, I don't know, maybe if we find time to start a uh, an autism awareness podcast separate from this podcast. Yeah, I don't uh, see that happening. <laughs> probably not because um, that requires time. Shit that doesn't suck. So yeah, my my shit that doesn't suck this week. I I recently rewatched Midnight Mass on Netflix just because I I don't know why I just. I really enjoyed it the first time and wanted to watch it. What? You got something else? Did you think of something else that... I can save it for next time. It's okay. Go ahead. Uh, nothing. I, I, I forgot about that show Evil on Paramount, and I have been catching up on it. Oh, yeah. The the one with Luke Cage? Uh, yes. The guy from Luke Cage? Yes. Yeah. And the, and I don't the, know his name. The Demons and... Yeah. It's yeah. Did a new season come out? Or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I know it, you like that show. It's pretty messed up and <laughs> kind of scary in some parts. Granted, I'm a bit of a chicken, but... Yeah. Is Ben from Lost still in it? Uh-huh. Yeah. He was yeah. kind of a creeper when I was watching it. Oh, yeah. He's definitely... He's demon. Yeah. Yeah. So. It looked like it. Yeah. He, he plays that part really well. Like the sleazy guy. Like, he plays the, that... I know what's going on and you don't and I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him in a role that wasn't like that slimy, sleazy guy that's... Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's cool. Um, I'm glad that they, uh, they're still doing that show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I said, I, I watched Midnight Mass again. Uh, the Catholic Church is really messed up. <laughs> like, it's so weird, guys. It's so weird. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure how I went to Catholic Church for so long. And I mean, you know, when you're indoctrinated at an early age, it's just, it's a thing. Like, you just go to church and you're like, okay. You sit in mass for an hour and 15 minutes and you take communion and then you go home. Um, And, uh, you know, and and that's that. But, uh, yeah, at one point in time, you know, in high school, I was like, I just kind of looked around. I was like, it's kind of (laughs) weird. But, uh, yeah, Midnight Mass, I I can't recommend that show enough. Uh, It's it's fantastic. if you are Catholic, former Catholic, if you're Christian at all, if you're or into vampires, yeah, or into vampires, because it is a, uh, it is a, like a, a demon, uh, on the verge or, or a fringe Christian show, masquerading as a vampire show. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so there's that, and then I I've also been getting back into books or audiobooks more uh, specifically here lately. Um, audiobooks are the only way I can do books nowadays. Like I I don't have time to just sit down and read. So, uh, but I have plenty of chores to do, and I can multitask while I do chores. So, 
I've been doing audiobooks. I've been stealing Lindsay's Audible credits. Sorry, Lindsay, but I told you I was going to buy you some more. So. Yeah. Um, I I read uh, or listened to Stephen King's It. I've been listen- or trying to listen to more of Stephen King um, because, you know, he's the goat. And I I love the, uh, the, the It movies that came out recently um, <clears throat> by Andy Muschietti. Uh, and so I wanted to finally read the book and that was a, a, a chore. <laughs> it was, I, I think it was like 44 and a half hours total. Um, but I knocked that out and I think about two weeks, two and a half weeks or so. And it was a very re- rewarding read. Um, and then I just finished Gerald's game, which was significantly shorter. I think that was only about 12 hours. Um, since I read some classic Stephen King. I wanted to shoot for something a little bit more contemporary. So that's why I went with Gerald's game. And that was really good as well. Um, I really enjoyed the movie that came out a couple years ago. So I wanted to see how the book uh, was in comparison to the movie. And I was not disappointed. So look, definitely looking forward to uh, reading more of his stuff. So... Oh uh, yeah, that's uh, I think that's going to do it for the podcast this or this episode of the podcast. Uh, if you haven't subscribed already, please do so on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you consume your media. Uh, leave us a rating and review uh, that helps us out tremendously uh, to be discovered by other uh, listeners looking for nerdy and geeky podcasts. Um, if you're looking to help us out financially, we have a Patreon uh, that you can subscribe to. Uh, the tiers are only like $2 and $5 a month, and you get some pretty cool perks. Uh, you get invited to our private chat where we discuss upcoming episodes, and you get to even suggest uh, episode topics to discuss in the future. So, uh, so yeah, it's a good time. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be it for this episode. As always, be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye! Bye!